0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of Race on the Diz. This is episode seven. Can you believe it, Zolian? Seven episodes? Nope. Lucky number seven. Can't believe that we've been doing this for seven weeks, but we've had a lot of fun. Today, we're talking about something that's not so fun, we're talking about the five biggest failures of our Walt Disney World vacation.
1: Yeah, these are things that, you know, didn't maybe go as planned or things that we didn't really anticipate Um You know, even though we're talking about our trip in particular, these particular things that we're going to be mentioning um, could really be things that you yourself will experience when you go.
0: And we like to be honest here. We're not experts. We are not expert Disney vacation planners. We are learners, just like everybody else out there planning a vacation. And so we don't have all of the answers. And so for some of these, we're not going to be able to say, "Okay, here's the magic bullet on dealing with this particular issue on your vacation, but we do have some tips and we think they could be useful.
1: Right. Yeah. We are, we are learning as we go as well. And every trip is different as we've said before. So, you know, you may not even experience some of these things, but if you do, uh, these are our tips that we have for them.
0: And we, yeah, we have five of them here. So we're going to get right into it. We had okay weather on the trip but it was june in orlando central florida and i just heard somebody say today that it rains about 3 times a day in central florida and we found that to be the case so we uh, we got caught in a lot of rainstorms we didn't pack for them though we didn't no. take any ponchos or any kind of you know <laughs> any kind of barrier to the rain umbrellas or anything like that
1: Right. We, um, previously we have went to Florida in July and we went last August and I don't remember, maybe I'm just not like, I'm just blocking those, the, the weather, but I just don't remember, especially last August. I don't remember the rain. Now, of course it is the start of hurricane season. This could just be a particularly more active, um, kind of storm sort of period where, you know, there is going to be more precipitation, but we definitely saw rain pretty much every day every afternoon on our trip
0: and into the evening as well you would think in florida that uh, there would be thunderstorms in the afternoon and then they would clear out in the evening as the temperature goes down but we really saw them up until closing time at a lot of the parks the last part of our trip from about monday to wednesday was really kind of a washout we got caught in a rainstorm on tuesday evening after the weather forecast said that there was no chance of rain, so we thought we're in the clear, we're going to try to go to Epcot and just walk around the countries. And the skies looked a little bit threatening, but we thought, oh, it's going to blow over. We walked in the park and the the folks that were ushering people in the park said, well, we'll see you back here in just a little bit. We thought, oh, OK, you know, whatever. Uh, But that was true. Uh, We barely made it over the bridge in the back gate of Epcot before we got the worst rainstorm of our trip. The rain literally hurt as it hit your face. It was storming that bad. Um, we, uh, We put some pictures up on our Facebook page. And just a reminder for folks, Facebook.com forward slash Raised on the Diz. And you can follow us there also on Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Raised on the Diz. We post all of our pictures there. But um, yeah, we we definitely aired in that we didn't pack those ponchos and we had to go out and buy them. And let me tell you, they're not cheap.
1: Right. And, you know, so earlier in the week, we were at Animal Kingdom. The only day that we went to Animal Kingdom... It started to rain really, really bad, and so we we caved and we bought these ponchos at the gift shop. Which, I mean, the ponchos are you know a little thicker than some of the ponchos that you may get at like Walmart. But I will tell you they do tear; <laughs> they're not indestructible. I know two out of the five that we have have these big like tears where you like you know put your head in um, already. And Nick was joking that he was going to put some Velcro on them just because they are pricey. I mean, we paid like ten bucks a poncho. And you want them to last and yet they're not indestructible. So our advice, you know, th- go get go to Walmart, get some ponchos, get two ponchos a person or whatever, because I'm sure they're cheaper. Throw them in your suitcase, especially if you're going to Florida in the summer, you will probably need them.
0: I wasn't joking. We're going to get Velcro and we're going to fix okay. the ponchos because that was <laughs> that was an investment. So those ponchos are definitely getting fixed and they are getting packed in the suitcase for a future <laughs> Summer Walt Disney World okay. trip.
1: <laughs> One other
0: thing that happened on the trip was that we rode the Skyliner for the first time, which was really awesome. We rode it a couple times, actually. And so the Skyliner, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a gondola system that connects Epcot and Hollywood Studios with a bunch of the different resorts, from values to moderates. Art of Animation, Caribbean Beach, Riviera. There are some other ones that are connected as well. Uh, and it is really cool. But yeah. we learned very quickly i think i probably knew this and i think you know it's it's easy to learn quickly on your trip if you travel in the summer if it's uh a thunderstorm they shut the gondolas down
1: right and even if it isn't raining but if there was lightning or reports of lightning in the area they will shut the gondolas down so like i i know several times you know even when we weren't on them and you know if we were in an area especially at the back gate of ebcot uh, or at Hollywood Studios, those gondola systems run. And so there were a lot of times that I looked up and saw that they were actually stopped. And so, you know, they're awesome. And they're really, really fun to ride. That's almost like another kind of kind of like another ride for the kids, um, because they are really cool. And, and they are very um, kind of efficient, you know, they, they go pretty quickly. And yet yeah, just keep in mind that if you are really going to rely on those, especially if you're at some of those resorts, Staying at those places that Nick mentioned, um, it, they're, it's not 100% reliable um, all throughout the day, especially in that, that kind of weather.
0: And a tip for everybody, when the gondola system, the Skyliner, is shut down, you have to rely on the bus system to get you back to your resort. Or if you're trapped somewhere else like we were, right. we were trapped at Riviera because they shut the Skyliner down due to lightning when we got there. So we had to find our way back to our resort from Riviera. And uh, so it's a bus system. There's mm-hmm. a lot of resorts. All of the resorts that are on the Skyliner system then have to use buses, and a lot of them share buses. So right. expect a longer-than-anticipated ride back to your resort if you do run into a situation where the Skyliner system is shut down. For us, it took about an hour and a half to two hours yeah. to get back to our resort over something that really just started as... Me saying to Zolianne, hey, let's go check out the Skyliner. Right. So that dominated our night. Right. But just something to be aware of in the storm season. Want to note quickly about the heat. Um, it's hot. It's, it's really hot in June. It's hot in August. It's hot in July. It's hot all summer long. And uh, a couple of different ways that you can beat the heat. One is, you know, just wear the lightest clothes that you can. Right. Um, you know, something that's designed for the heat is really helpful. I know Under Armour makes a lot of stuff that has moisture wicking and all of that stuff. Right. And then you can you can buy at um you know, you can buy before you leave on vacation uh things that you can wet and will cool your head. And then what we have for our stroller is a stroller fan for our three year old right. just to keep uh cool. But
1: And the kids actually, they they each took their own. Um, My mother-in-law actually got these for the kids. And I think she got them at like Target or something. But they are like fans um, that you can, there's kind of like a water bottle at the bottom of them. You can fill up with water. And they, you know, you put the fan on, the kids can push this little button and like water sprays them. And so we actually use those a lot, even more so than the stroller fan, um, because Carter was then able to, you know, wet himself down or wet other people down, which he thought was really fun. But keep that in mind that, you know, these are things that you can buy at the resorts, of course, they're going to be more expensive. So especially like those types of things that your kids may want to have, you know, maybe check them out, like go to Walmart, go to Target. I'm sure you can find those things even beforehand um, that are much cheaper. And those those were really helpful.
0: But you're never going to beat the heat. No. Um, it's hot in the summer, and there's really no way around it. So if, if the heat in the summer is something that you don't think interests you or something that you don't want to deal with. There are a lot of other times during the year. Uh, January is a time that we travel a lot to Walt Disney World that usually has really great weather. It can even go a little bit on the cooler side of right. things. But, uh, you know, definitely pay attention to the temperature in Orlando before you plan a trip because the heat is something that you're going to have to deal with if you travel in the summer. Don't think that you're going to catch it where it's going to be historically cool because... Trust me, it just doesn't seem to happen. No. And historically cool for Orlando in July might be 86 degrees and high humidity. So right. it, it just is what it is uh, as far as traveling to Disney World in the heat. Right. Our second one here is know your limitations of your kids. I think that we right. previewed this a little bit last week in that Carter was really excited to ride a whole bunch of new rides right he could ride splash mountain he could ride big thunder mountain he was able to ride tower of terror and he loved all of them yeah but he hated to get off
1: right and you know i just think that you know he's three and that's another thing that and and trust me (laughs) we've been there It, it can be very frustrating when you have a kid like having a meltdown you know at the exit to a ride um yet, you know, a lot of things I had to remind myself was that, okay, he's three years old, he, he doesn't understand the whole idea of like, okay, we have to get off the ride now. Or if we want to ride again, we have to get back in line. He just doesn't get it. So, you know, just kind of take it in stride. I know that can be hard sometimes, like I said, especially when your kids like screaming and freaking out. But you know, I think that's kind of a good reminder that sometimes they're just they're young. And you know, kids get tired and cranky and hot and Sometimes that can be the perfect storm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think with him, he was just overly excited, and we don't have a silver bullet on that one. Um, I think that he's just going to have to get a little bit older and and develop his emotions a little right. bit more fully. Right. Um, so we're just going to have to wait him out on that. You know, some other ones I think that parents can predict, though. Dining reservations is right. one that. You know, don't make a dining reservation late at night if you have a toddler who's going to be cranky. I think Todd Carter was probably cranky at all times of the day, depending (laughs) on the situation. But I think that's a, you know, common sense tip is try to keep your dining reservations in, in the prime time hours and don't venture into. You know, your eight o'clock and your nine
1: o'clock. Right. Or keep in mind, you know, if you have kids that that are young and still do take like a nap in the afternoon, especially if you're staying on site, you know, get up or maybe earlier in the morning, go to the parks, stay until lunchtime or whatever, and then maybe head back to the resort. And, you know, typically at least what we found is a lot of times, you know, the rain came um, in the afternoon. And so you might be able to Kind of kill two birds with one stone. The kids may be able to sleep, take a nap, um, and you can relax a little bit while it's raining and then hopefully it would clear up and you can head back over to the parks. But, you know, utilize that kind of easy transportation to and from where you're staying. And yeah, keep your kids in mind. I mean, if they need a break, give them a break.
0: So we had one particular incident where Carter decided that he wanted to walk and yeah. he <laughs> made this decision for himself <laughs> and... He was, he was battling us and we said, okay, you know, go ahead, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll walk. How did that go? Uh,
1: not very well. He, and he, you know, Carter is, um, he is not a child that can be like intimidated, you know? So, um, you know, we, we basically said, hey, you have to walk or you're, You know, you're going to be here by yourself. And like most kids, you know, like our oldest son at at three would have been like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to stay with you. Um, But he pretty much just planted himself, you know, and kind of crossed his arms and stomped his foot and was like, "Okay, fine, I'll just wait here. Um, And so that's another thing. You know, if if you have a kid that's maybe a little more um, headstrong, um, you know, you may run into situations like that, too.
0: My sister went to Disney World when she was four and she walked. (laughs) Not every kid is like that. No,
1: I don't, I don't foresee. That's what I was just telling Nick before we started recording, you know, with my, my, with our older two kids. Now we didn't go to Disney as much with them. You know, when they were little, I think we took Christian maybe three times. Um, and Claire went a couple of times before we all started going as a family a few years ago. And so we didn't take them very much and we went for like a day and, um, you know, I was that mom that was like, Oh, when my kid gets this old, you know, they're not they're not going to I'm, I'm not going to take a stroller. Well, I just you know, unless Carter completely changes uh, over the course of the next year, I don't anticipate him, you know, just marching right along, like I would love to see him do. So, you know, that's another thing. Sometimes you have to leave your expectations at the door a little bit, every kid's different. And uh, you just have to roll with it. Remember that you can rent strollers. Now, if you don't want to take one of your own, now, of course, that's not going to help you out at the the airport or whatever, or getting to the um, the resort necessarily, but you can rent them at Disney. I know our sister-in-law also rented a double stroller for her kids um, off-site. I'm not sure where, but I can uh, get that information for you uh, for the next podcast. Um, but she said it was really great. So there are certainly stroller rentals both on-site and off um if you if you need them
0: one other story i'll tell before we move on to the next topic is that we were standing in line for mickey and minnie's runaway railway in uh-huh. hollywood studios and there was a family in front of us, and they had pretty old kids. Yeah, um, I would say the the son was probably seven years old,
1: six or seven, six I would, or seven the years old. Son, yeah.
0: And uh, Carter was being Carter, and uh, you know he doesn't like to hold your hand, and he wants to be a big boy, but he's only three. <laughs> so um, they turned around and they said, "Oh, it's you know it's really hard with kids that age. This is the first trip that we have taken where we haven't had a stroller." So my advice to families on that, when you see a group of people and they have older kids Mm -hmm. and it's the first trip that they've taken without a stroller is Mm -hmm. the best advice that I can give to families is relax, Mm -hmm. do your thing, Mm -hmm. do what works for you. Don't worry about anybody else.
1: Right. And like I said, you know, every, every kid's different. Every family's different. Um, you know, another thing is you never know, you know, what maybe what kind of, issues that child may have maybe there's a reason why that kid cannot walk a long distance and you know when you're going to disney you're walking a lot and so you know i don't know leave the judgment at the door too because you just never know their story and their particular situation so it's something to keep in mind
0: So a great transition because our next topic involves walking as well. Pay attention to the layout of your resort. I mentioned that we were at the Boardwalk Resort. It is notorious for very long hallways. I'll give you a list of other resorts that are notorious for long hallways. Both resorts at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Both Jumbo House and Kidani are notorious for these as well. In addition to the main lodge at Wilderness Lodge. Mm -hmm. So all of these resorts are known for being spread out. And then there are the resorts that have multiple buildings. And those can be values and moderates, and even some deluxe resorts that are sprawled. So pay attention to the map of your resort before you go. And I want to talk a little bit about a tool that I use. It's called touringplans.com. I've been using this for quite a few years. There's a lot of great features on here. But one of the best is you can go and you can put in the type of room that you have at your resort. So if, for example, you have a water view at... Uh, Yacht Club Resort. You can go onto that website, plug in Water View at Yacht Club or a standard view at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and you can look at the different views. But more importantly, you can pick a room that is close to the lobby or close to the transportation. And then, in addition to that, they'll allow you to make a room request that they'll fax on your behalf. 30 days in advance to the hotel that you're staying at. And so that is a really great feature. There is a cost associated, a yearly subscription to touring plans. But between their crowd calendar, the ability to make a room request, and then also to arrange your day and then have them calculate the best ride to ride win uh-huh. touring plans is a great option. And we've, we've used a bunch of different things on that website. I use the room request every time. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes right. I'm not. It's not
1: a guarantee. But. We've <laughs> had
0: touring plans plan out our day right. automatically. And that has been really great in the past. But, um, we had we had long hallways at Boardwalk, yeah, and we were pretty far away from the lobby. Now, touring plans said we were 14 minutes away from the lobby, and I would put it more in the neighborhood of like six minutes. So it wasn't that bad. It wasn't, it that, wasn't bad. that far,
1: but yeah. But
0: they can be sprawled out.
1: They can be, yeah. I was really surprised, actually. Like, I didn't know anything about Boardwalk going into it, other than the fact that okay, it was a Boardwalk theme, and um, I knew like what the rooms looked like because we we looked them up uh, online. But I, I was kind of surprised, yeah, at how really sprawled out it was. We had requested a room uh, and we ended up in like the th- on the third floor on like literally the last room uh, on the on the row, um, which was kind of nice, though, because we did have like a side window that other people wouldn't have had otherwise. So it was nice um, to kind of get, have that. But But yeah, we were pretty far away. But yeah, just kind of keep that in mind, especially if you're going with – People who maybe need to be closer to the lobby for whatever reason, um, or if you would prefer to be, you know, closer to the elevators or, or the lobby or whatever, um, definitely get those requests in ahead of time because, yeah, these resorts they're they're fairly large. I know when we were taking the Skyliner to Riviera. We went past a moderate resort called Caribbean Beach, and it is, it's massive. I had no clue it was as big as what it is. Um, It's made up of like five different sections. And that was something else that I was reading about is, you know, if you're staying at a resort like that, you may want to request a certain section that's either closer to kind of the main like lobby area or closer to like the bus transportation or the
0: quick service restaurants. And in the case of Caribbean Beach and also uh, the Port Orleans resorts as well, also for Old Key West and Saratoga Springs, you can actually request and pay for a preferred room that is closer to those main amenities. So it makes it more convenient to you. Obviously, there is an additional cost there, but uh, it is something that you can take advantage of. But touringplans.com. Head there and check it out. They have a great crowd calendar, and that room request is something that is super convenient. This next one goes in line with the tip to relax. And it is just understanding that regardless of the length of your trip, you are not going to get everything in. Uh, That's just not possible. I mean, we were there for an extended period of time, and there were still some things that, that we missed. Avatar Flight of Passage was about a 75 minute wait. It wasn't even something that we tried to stand in the queue for.
1: Right. And, you know, it's one of those rides that we knew right away. I mean, Carter can't ride it yet. And so we kind of prioritized then the rides that he can ride so that we could all ride on them together. Um, I just I felt really bad, you know, waiting in line for something like Flight of Passage, even though I love it. It's one of my absolute favorites. But you know, I felt bad having to wait in line, you know, we could have done rider switch where, you know, I would have went on with the older two kids, and then Nick could have went on with them in the fast pass lane. But you know, someone is still waiting like 70 minutes or whatever. But I felt bad doing that knowing then that Carter is like, you know, waiting for for over an hour, not doing much. So we prioritized the stuff that we could do together. Um, and we also didn't rope drop. I know we mentioned that in the last episode. That was something that we just chose not to do this time, which ha- certainly had its benefits. We weren't up, you know, super early and that was really nice. It was more kind of a relaxing type thing. But um, but yeah, there are positives and negatives to, all- negatives to all of that. So kind of decide ahead of time, like, what do I really want to do? What's really important to us? Um, and, and kind of, you know, shoot for that. And I know I've mentioned in in a previous episode, you know, anything else is, is sort of a bonus.
0: That's right. And uh, if, if, if it's a trip that you've planned a long time for and you know you're not going to be back for a while, then I would really recommend Rope Dropping. Yeah, definitely. Because you, you you have to get that in if you know that you're not going to be back. And I'm, I'm talking about the Star Wars ride. So yes. we know that there's a lot of people that are very, very passionate about Star Wars and probably planned for months or even years right. to check out Galaxy's Edge. So um, definitely would would Rope Drop. Of course, Rise of the Resistance at Hollywood Studios requires a queue, which requires a little bit extra leg work. But a lot of them, if you do rope drop and you have a plan to go there first, you are you are able to get on them with a, a shorter wait. But this is where Fast Pass is missed still. Yeah. And there are some developments on this. Nothing for Walt Disney World at the moment, but on the day that we're recording this... There is news out of Disneyland Paris that they are moving to a paid Fastpass model. And so we're going to check that out. It was just announced. So we'll check that out and have our ears out for any kind of Fastpass news for Walt Disney World as well. Moving on to our last failure here, out of our control, we don't make the schedule. We missed "Happily Ever After," so this is an awesome show it really In is. Magic Kingdom. If, it is. If you aren't familiar with "Happily Ever After," it is a projection show more than anything. So. Mm-hmm. Images and movie clips and characters are projected on the castle. And then the added benefit is that there's fireworks along with it. But for me, the fireworks are secondary. And so this came back on July 1st. We came home on June 30th. We Mm -hmm. missed it by a day. And unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, Disney World is moving on to a new cool show at Magic Kingdom on October 1st Mm -hmm. for their 50th anniversary and so I don't know whether we'll have the chance to see Happily Ever After it certainly doesn't look like it so um, but too bad that we missed that but if you're headed to Disney World now until October definitely check that out you don't want to miss it I'm not sure when you'll have the chance to see it again right if if you don't catch it this time
1: right and remember okay so that's at magic kingdom and so going back to like the kids you know if your your kids are you know going to need a break you know during the d- afternoon or whatever you know go back to the resort let them rest up but then head back to magic Kingdom uh, if that was the resort where you were at that day um, to check out this this fireworks show it's definitely a good one I know that there are a lot of resorts around the lake. Uh, so like the contemporary Fort Wilderness, Wilderness Lodge, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, where you could see these fireworks, but at least try to stay. Um, at least once on your trip so that you can see the projections as well. Like Nick said, they definitely make it.
0: And there are great plans for October 1st. The projections are going to expand to Main Street USA. It looks like a really impressive show. There's a lot of sentimental feeling around Happily Ever After Mm -hmm. because it's been such a well-received show among Disney fans. So it'll be sad to see it go. Maybe it'll come back after the 50th anniversary is over. We'll have to see. And of course, Epcot Forever is back at Epcot as well, but we're still waiting on the return of Fantasmic, which is the really big show that happens nightly at Hollywood Studios. But that's going to do it for our failures, folks. I think it was a really successful trip. I had a lot of fun.
1: I did too. Um, and again, you know, this is all, all the stuff that's failures. It's just kind of a learning experience and you just have to roll with it.
0: We had seven successes. And five failures. <laughs> and we really had to think on the failures. Yeah. But again, we're not experts. We're just trying to, you know, pass along our experiences and maybe it'll it'll help somebody. But uh, that is it for episode seven. Have a magical day. And have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Like a moon of the blue, Fate steps in and sees you.